Welcome to College Sense and Sensibility, where we talk about first-gen tips for navigating college and beyond. I'm your host, Emmanuel. We're going to continue with our interviewing series for this portion of our podcast. Today, we have a special guest, and his name is Steve. And he is currently graduated already, but was a first-generation college student. I'm going to go ahead and pass it to you, Steve, if you don't mind doing a quick introduction about yourself and where you're currently at. Hi, everyone. I'm Steve. Uh, I am currently an educator in Oakland, California, uh, but I went through the community college system and the university system uh, when I was in college years ago. Uh, Thanks, Steve, first for being here. I really appreciate your time, especially as an educator. I know how busy you are all day. If you're not like in the classroom, you're lesson planning. So I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And so do you mind just starting off talking a little bit about your experience as a first-generation college student? Yeah, yeah. So um, when I graduated high school, I had this dream to be a broadcast journalist. You know, in my mind, I was going to be on ESPN. I was going to be reporting on all my favorite sports, just like, you know, the people I saw on TV. Um, And so I was uh, enrolled at Syracuse University. um, And I went out there for, you know, my first semester, my first year. um, And my mom went with me. Uh, to, you know, help me get me settled and, you know, get to know the area a little bit. So she was going to stay for a few days and then head back home. Um, and I got to Syracuse and, you know, as time went on, but not time like in weeks or months, but time as in, you know, a few days, um, I started thinking about, oh my gosh, what am I going to do when, you know, when she leaves? Like, I'm going to be all alone. My family's going to be across the country in California. Um, and so I kind of just freaked myself out. Um, and so I ended up coming back from Syracuse before uh, before we even started school. Interesting, interesting first experience with college. Um, and so I unenrolled and came back home and I was kind of like, okay, well, what am I going to do? And luckily, um, the coach, I ran cross country and track uh, in high school and I was going to continue to do that at Syracuse. And the coach for the community college in my in my town had, when I was in high school, had always tried to you know recruit me. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I'm going to the, going to university. You know, I had a friend that was running for the team and Luckily, you know, I reached out to the coach and he's like, yeah, he welcomed me with, you know, with open arms. And so even though school had started there and, you know, I was going to enroll a week late, have all the thanks in the world to him for that and many other things that he did. But he helped me get enrolled. He connected me with the counselor that served the student athletes and the counselor, I'll never forget, Mr. Kilgard walked me from class to class and talked, helped me talk to the teachers so that I can enroll in all the, the classes that I needed late. So that's, you know, that's how I got going there. Spent two years at the community college in, you know, in the Monterey Bay, uh, in my hometown. After that, transferred to UC Berkeley. My dreams of, you know, being a sports broadcaster, I guess, kind of went out the window as I tried to figure out, hey, what am I going to do, you know, as I transfer? Uh, Originally, I was thinking, hey, I want to go into marketing. And so I was going to major in, you know, mass communications. And I don't know how things went the way they did, but I ended up majoring in ethnic studies. So I was there for two years, graduated in ethnic studies towards the end of my college career, probably like as we're approaching the last semester, kind of like you have that moment of like, what am I doing in my life? And I was like, you know, when I majored in ethnic studies, like great experience and great professors. And I learned a lot, but I also, at least I felt like, Hey, once I decided to major in that, that was me committing to going to grad school. And I had worked in like one of the classes I took at Cal um, I volunteered in one of the the local high schools. Didn't get quite the experience that I, you know, I wasn't in a classroom. Um, I was helping with technology and, you know, the guy was great. And I learned a lot about schools that way. But that's what led me to saying, hey, you know, I think I want to be a teacher. And I, I had some 
or had a great history teacher in community college. And the big thing with her, I've always said is like, you taught me things I never would have known. And she really opened my eyes to history and to, you know, my own history and, you know, folks like me. And so, you know, that's what led me to, to major in ethnic studies. And then that's also what led me to uh, go down the path of, of teaching history. So I applied to a few grad schools. Um, I ended up going to the Stanford Teacher Education Program, really intense program where you get your teaching credential, single subject teaching credential, and then your master's all in the same year. And so for me, it was, quite frankly, it was the most stressful year of my life. I never, at least at, at the time, I had never been so tired in my life. But at the same time, I came out with, you know, I came out with a master's degree and a teaching credential, um, which led me down the path, uh, you know, as an educator. Thanks so much, Steve, for that beautiful overview. And can you let our students know, our listeners, and I'm going to kind of rewind a little bit. What was it like to make that decision to come back, right? Because you were already at your school when you first moved to Syracuse across the country. What was something that you felt at that moment made you come back and rethink your decision? Um, I mean, quite frankly, like, like a little bit embarrassed. And not because I was going to a community college, like that had nothing to do with it. It was more of like, when you're in high school, and you're like, hey, what are you doing next year? Oh, I'm going to go to New York. You know, I'm going to college in New York. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm back, you know. <laughs> and so I had to go through that process of, you know, with my friends and everything, no problem. Hey, man, I'm, you know, I decided to come back. But it was just like this. I think at that age, your, your identity, you know, is tied to this vision you have for yourself. And so for me, it was like, hey, I'm this runner, and then I'm going to be this newscaster or broadcast journalist. And then all of a sudden, that completely flips. And, you know, I'm back home kind of like not knowing what I'm going to do. So a little bit, you know, at the time, at least, uh, you know, a little bit embarrassed that I didn't, I had planned to take this, this big step and, you know, move far away and experience something that would be life changing. And then I, I didn't. But so far, like, I feel like you are very successful, right? And you have, and I always say in my podcast that everything happens for a reason. So the fact that you kind of came back, you found your roots again as an athlete, and it sounds like you found some really great resources that inspired you to do what you're doing today. What other resources would you say that you found at the community college that really helped mold who you are today? I mean, definitely a few, um, you know, the, the professor that I mentioned, uh, in terms of academics, like she was amazing. Um, I took her, I, I took a class at the community college. I took a couple classes at the community college when I was in high school. So instead of taking us history in 11th grade, like most people, I took it before my junior year. And so I kind of, you know, I knocked out that requirement with dual enrollment. And then I did that again for uh, English. So I didn't have English in high school, my senior year, because I had taken a, a community college as well. You know, so for folks that are like even considering community college, or even if you're not, like, that's a great way to to kind of double dip where you, you know, get rid of some of your high school requirements while also getting credit for, for college. So I had two, you know, two less courses to, or two fewer courses to take once I got to community college or once I got to college. Um, but she, she, like I said, she really opened my eyes to just my own history and how the stories of history are told. Um, and what stories of history are told. I took her for multiple classes. Um, I know other people. I recommended her to, you know, to people I knew, friends and family. Um, and after I, you know, started my teaching career, probably about like, you know, five or so years in, actually maybe a little bit longer, you know, I emailed her and I was like, hey, I want you to know that, you know, you had a huge impact on me. Um, the reason I'm teaching history today is because of, you know, what I learned from you, uh, the influence that you had on me. You know, she was really appreciative and really 
really responsive and she's like, Hey, do you want, you want to come check out a class sometime? And I was like, yeah. So I went down and drove down and, you know, went to her class and got to talk to her after. And so it was really cool. You know, you have that, like, I think a lot of people think when you get to college, you don't have those strong relationships you have with maybe teachers you have in high school. And not to say I was like her BFF or anything, but in terms of academics, in terms of like critical thinking and the subjects that I love, like she had a huge impact on me. And then also, I, one of the other things that she did for me, she's like, after I took in her class, I think the second time, she's like, hey, you know what? She wrote on my paper, like, she thought I was great and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you know, I, I really think you should consider like taking classes and, you know, in the honors program. And so I ended up doing that. I think I took a couple of classes in that. And even in my career now, like, I think a lot of times and it's, you know, I don't know what it is, but it's like, um, but I, I've been fortunate enough where other people are like, hey, I see this in you. And I'm like, oh, really? You know, and then I'm able to kind of discover it in myself. So I, I think it's a blessing. And, but at the same time, it's like, well, man, I, you know, I got to get better at, at building my own confidence or seeing things in myself or, or recognizing the skills that I have in order to, to then try to move up in my career. And so as you look at like, you know, students that are coming into community college, you know, same thing where it's like, hey, don't sell yourself short. You know, you have all these, you have these skills, you have abilities. Look for those mentors that are going to help guide you towards towards building those things. Uh, look for people that you can network with so that you can learn more from, you know, maybe other people in that field, they're professionals. But at the same time, like, you know, believe in yourself. And maybe, you know, looking back on it, and, you know, maybe that's where I, I was was lacking and, you know, other people saw that in me, which was great for me. But in terms of other other mentors or resources at the community college, like I mentioned, my counselor, Mr. Kilgard, walked me from class to class to help me to, you know, to have those difficult conversations that, you know, who's this random guy coming to class a week late and he wants to join my class? He was there to advocate for me, to show me how to advocate for myself. And I think that's a big thing too, is that, you know, as I was saying, like, don't sell yourself short. You also have to to practice advocating for yourself. You know what? If you think your grade was not quite what it was supposed to be or you didn't deserve that, you, you know, you felt you deserved better, then don't be afraid to to talk to the to professor. And it doesn't mean you go in there like, hey, my grade's terrible. This is you. You're so wrong. It's more like, hey, state your case, bring evidence to the table and be like, look, this is this is why I think I, I deserve this grade rather than this one. You know, and uh, the most important influence I had or most important mentor I had in community college was my coach, Coach Shaw who had, like I mentioned, like when I was in high school, great recruiter. And so he will talk to all the local athletes, say, hey, you should consider our college, you know, our community college. You'd be a great addition to our team. You'd be a great asset to our team. And so he would do that to me, you know, when he saw me at the, at the meets that we ran in high school. I respectfully said, you know, hey, you know, thank you. I appreciate your interest, but, you know, I'm going to a four-year university. And so when I came back for him to, to be, welcome me with open arms and for him to help me in any way I needed, not just in in terms of college, but like he had connections in the community in terms of his network where, you know, hey, some of my runners need a summer job. Do you guys need any, any workers? And so he vouched for us. And so, you know, I ended up a lot of my teammates ended up being my my colleagues at the at the you know job I worked. And so he was just always there to support us, always talking about, you know, one of the things he always used to say is like, you know, you got to make it to the next level. And for him, it was like, you know, I want you to run at the next level. I want you to run, continue to run at a four-year university after you get here. <clears throat> and for me, it was always like I wanted to run at a Division One university, right? Like a, a big school and a, you know, in a large conference, athletic conference. But that's the thing he always preached, like, hey, at the next level, they do this. Hey, to get to the next level, you need to do that. And so for me, it wasn't just like, 
hey, I want to get to the next level in terms of, you know, athletics, but I also want to get to the next level, you know, in terms of academics and to to go where I wanted to go. I wasn't quite sure, you know, where I, what career I wanted to do at that point. You know, I started taking a lot of business classes and uh, at the community college, you know, I think my second year, thinking I was going to go into, you know, marketing or something like that or advertising. But again, like he preached that, you know, at the next level, at the next level. And, you know, when his athletes would make it to the next level, whether it would be as athletes or, you know, strictly academics, you know, he, I know it made him, it made him really proud. Being able to, to have that support at school each day was, was really good. It sounds like is that you built a community at the community college. You had support. You had somebody to push you. You had people to motivate you and just to keep getting to that next level. When you wanted to apply, that was an important role for you, right? To apply to a division one school? Yeah, definitely. Would you say that that played a big role in tra- in your transfer institution or where you applied to? Yeah, yeah. I um, I actually I actually applied to a few schools um, my first year in community college. Um, and so I was like, okay. For me, it was the experience that where I was was great. But for me, I'm like, I want to maximize my time at, at the four-year university. And, you know, for athletes, you get four years of eligibility. And so I'm like, okay, well, if I can have three years at Division One, then that would be great. So I applied to a couple of schools. Got into both, but then, you know, kind of like, I, I think I was acting impulsively, to be honest, where it's just like, okay, well, I got to get out of here. I'm going to go, to, I'm going to transfer, uh, you know, and then the more I thought about it, the more I talked to my coach, you know, we realized, say, it's, you know, better to get your GEs out of the way in terms of athletics, you know, continue to grow and get better and stronger there so that uh, I might have an opportunity at an athletic scholarship after my second year. In terms of like community, some of my like having a team for all of us that have been on, on a team, it's just like those have become your close friends and you're practicing with them and going through workouts day in and day out. And so they become, you know, your best friends. And for us, it was like, again, the the goal for, for my coach was to ideally all, right, but have as many of his athletes as possible transfer and whether they're going to compete or not. Um, and just so seeing other people in a year older than you transfer and get scholarships and Seeing other, having examples, I guess, of, of other people moving on to four-year institutions was, was really good and really inspirational and helped me to, to kind of figure out my path. I was lucky enough to, to have that team, you know, the whole time I was there and, you know, just bond with folks and, you know, make lifelong friends in the process. And, you know, and I feel like you're in kind of a different spot because you're an educator in the high schools and, you know, you've gone through the transfer experience. What? type of advice would you have for somebody just starting the community college experience? I think the the big thing is talk to a counselor, um, make an appointment with a counselor. They're going to be your biggest asset in terms of, you know, academics, because I think a lot of folks, you know, myself included, where it's like, hey, I get to college and I'm not quite sure what I want to do. And even when you get to a four-year university, right, people still not quite sure what they want to do and you major in things and you might end up doing a career like completely different from what you're majored in, you know, but the counselors are going to be the ones that help guide you towards that path. Like you only get limited time, you know, with the counselor. And so it's like, take advantage of that, you know, make your appointment as soon as possible because especially for first generation students, like my parents didn't go to college. They went to community college, I think for maybe a semester, you know, but you don't, you don't know what to do. You know, I was lucky enough in terms of college to have my sister who went to a four year university, you know, she was the example for me in in high school to, or in, kind of a double-edged sword, but throughout in elementary school and into middle school and in the high school, I got tracked in a good way, right? I got tracked into certain classes 
And that led me down the path toward college. My parents, like I said, my parents didn't really go to college. It wasn't something that was like, you know, hey, you're going to college. It was more of, we want you to do well in school. You're going to do your homework. You're going to behave yourself when you're at school. So that was the expectation. It wasn't necessarily like, hey, I want you to go on to college. It was more of like, we want you to do well. And then, you know, you kind of make your decision. But being trapped into the classes that I was and the way I was, like I was around other students who were either in the same boat as me or their parents were pushing them towards college. And for me, that was huge, right? So the, my high school guidance counselor was the one writing letters of recommendation for me. You know, my coaches, the ones writing letters of recommendation for me. When I got to college, those were same same thing where the coaches and you know counselors were the ones that are supporting me um, and helping me get to where I need. Because I think a lot of people, and I saw I saw former classmates or high school classmates that also went into the community college, and you would see folks sign up for classes, and then they get to the you know the drop point. It's like, well, I don't want to fail, so I'm going to drop the class, and then they just have to keep retaking the class. And so I think as you're going through that process, really think about like, hey, read the course catalog, you know, talk to folks who have taken the classes before to see what the classes are really about, and if it's something that you can envision yourself taking for the whole semester. Because I I saw a lot of people spend more time than they should have at community college, not because, for the most part, because they would drop a class and then have to have to start over, right? You're like taking two steps forward, one step back. And so also in terms of that too, like there are tutors and academic support, all those things that are at your disposal. And so it's like, you, you really have to take advantage of those things. You know, they're there for a reason, right? Those people have jobs for a reason. They have expertise. They're going to be there to help you. And there's no shame in, in looking for help or asking for help. You know, that's the whole point of, of the system is to help you build your skills and build your capacity so that you can transfer to a four-year university and you can graduate and you can be, you know, the first one in your family to, to earn your degree or maybe start that, that cycle of success in terms of college degrees. It's hard to have those conversations sometimes or it's hard to seek out that help or it's hard to, you know, to confront a professor, not like in a bad way, but like to advocate for yourself. And so just learning to do that, right? It's like in grad school at Stanford, I will never forget this moment in my life where we were discussing whatever we had been reading for the previous, you know, previous assignment. I'll never forget where I was sitting. I was sitting in a circle by the windows uh, in one of our classrooms. And I was telling myself, just say it, you know, just say it, come on, just say it. And I was, you know, again, that that lack of confidence in myself where I should have just said it. And then, so, you know, one of my classmates finally said it and it was like, Oh, wow. That's a really good point. I'm like, ah, why didn't you say it? You know, you've been thinking the same thing for five minutes, you know, and I think that's a big thing too, is just like, like believe in yourself enough, enough to where, you know what, say it, right. If it's not the most profound thought in the history of the world, that's okay. Cause you know, most thoughts aren't, but it's still, you know, I tell my own students today, like you have, your voice is important and you have something to share and, the world deserves to, to hear your voice and your perspective. Segwaying that to, to my first year teaching where something was going on in a meeting and, you know, teachers as a whole were not too happy about whatever was being talked about. And so I raised my hand and I said something and wasn't necessarily popular with everybody. But I'll never forget after one of my colleagues came up to me and said, hey, you know, thanks for saying that. Like, I'm, I'm glad you said that. And so since then, like that kind of helped me build my confidence to where it's like, to the point where like, if I think something, I'm going to say it and not in a rude or disrespectful way, but just like, Hey, I need to advocate on behalf of my students, or I need to, to push this, you know, for the betterment, of, in my opinion, for the betterment of my school. 
And so, you know, as you, as you progress through the, through the system, especially at community college, where you have access to, to professors and counselors, like you wouldn't necessarily at a four-year university, where there's so many more, you know, so many more students, um, practice, you know, that self-advocations, practice going to your professor during office hours to, to get that extra bit of help or, you know, to get some advice on, you know, the paper you're writing or the upcoming exam that you have. Because chances are, when you get to the university, you're not going to have access to your professors like that. But if you practice, you know, self-advocating for yourself, you're going to be able to do that. It's going to be that much easier to do, you know, at the university level and then, you know, throughout your, your life and career as well. I love what you're saying because you're really just giving life advice. You're right. And self-advocacy starts, like, I feel like in college, of course, it could start sooner. However, at the community college, you do have that access to your instructors. And that's what I love about the community college system is the office hours, the smaller classrooms, amazing instructors there to just teach. So totally agree with you on that. Now, I do want to get one last question in. And, you know, from the student athlete perspective, like what piece of advice would you provide for them? Um, I mean, I, depending on the sport, but you can, you know, send those like highlight reels and things like that. But yeah, try to get your name out there. Like look for, especially now when you have the ability to connect with people, you know, virtually, you know, look for folks that are already on the team, you know, at the university that you might be interested in, you know, reach out to them. Even when, when I was at Cal, I would talk to people who were like, oh, tell me about it. And so people that are on the team, they want to share their experiences with, with other people. And so if we have like a prospective athlete, you know, you're going to welcome them with open arms. And so, you know, like I said, now, you know, you can reach out to people, you can, you know, send them a, a DM or message or whatever through social media. There are plenty of ways to, to connect. My coach was great about, again, helping me communicate to, to other coaches. I'm, I was lucky that he had a big network and that he went to various like trainings and things like that, where he was able to build his capacity, build his skills, and then also like meet like division one coaches. And so I'd be like, Hey coach, you know, I'm, I'm interested in this school. And so he'd reach out to them on my behalf. And so the coaches are there for a reason. They're there to help you get better. They're there to help you, you know, become a better athlete, become a better teammate. And they want you to go to that next level. You know, what can your coach do or what can your, you know, athletic department do at the community college to help you go to the next level? Um, and so no, same thing, know that the resources are there, but also don't be afraid to, to reach out to somebody or don't be afraid to reach out to the coach too, right? You have access to the coach's email. You know, you can, for me, I had, um, I don't know if I had it in community college, but, you know, as I, I continued competing after college, I had a running resume. And so it listed my accomplishments, you know, my times, things like that. Um, and so create something like that where it's like, hey, these are my accomplishments. This is what I've done. This is what I want to do. You know, like I said, today you have highlight reels, things like that, that you can use to promote yourself. Also visit the colleges or universities that you want to go to or you're considering going to. Ideally, you'd set up a meeting with the coach and with, you know, some of the team um, so that you can get a sense of, hey, is this the right place for me? You know, especially as an athlete. Like I said, at community college, you know, some of my lifelong friends I met as teammates. And then as I went on to Cal, like I think back to who are my college friends and it's everybody I, I ran with. I don't, I don't think I have any friends outside of that circle from, from Cal, but I don't have a problem with that, right? This is my close crew of friends. And so, you know, advocate for yourself, get the people that you know to help with that, and then visit the universities, get a sense of the team and to see if it's a, if it's a good fit for you. And if it's somewhere you might want to continue to compete. Also too, like for me, you know, I got a scholarship offer 
for what was it, books and tuition at, at another university. And I ended up walking on the cow because I felt like, you know, that would be better for me in terms of my my career and just where I wanted to be. I, I like Berkeley. I like the area. I, li- I still live in the area now. And so I, you know, I turned down the scholarship and my community college coach wasn't necessarily the happiest about that because it's good for him when, when athletes get uh, scholarships. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I think this is the, the, the place for me. And so, and so that's how I ended up at Cal. Those are all great, great tips. I really appreciate your time, Steve. Again, thank you so much for being here today. Hey, thanks so much, Emmanuel. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Appreciate you taking the time and best of luck to all the folks out there. Can't wait to see where your journey takes you. And for listeners out there, I hope this story was as inspiring to you as it was to me. And Steve, thank you again, especially for the tips that you provided for our our student athletes out there listening today. Please remember to rate, review, and subscribe. We really appreciate it. Additionally, please remember that all the information on this podcast is for informational purposes only. And Yutende, do you mind letting our listeners know where they can find us at? So listeners, we want to hear from you. If anything we've said today resonates or if you've got a question, you want to make a comment, you can find us at CC underscore sensibility on both IG and Twitter. And you can also email us at CC and sensibility at gmail.com. That's C-C-A-N-D-S-E-N-S-I-B-I-L-I-T-Y at gmail.com. And until next time, keep learning.